0: your Christmas dinner looked a bit like that yeah how many of you your Christmas dinner looked like that (laughs) that. yeah well you know we have a table that I think officially seats about kind of like this I think our table so we have room officially for six people how many have a table like that but be honest with me there's often more at the table. You cheat, right? You, how do you do it? You squeeze in extra chairs. You squeeze in extra chairs. You use the corners. Alina is incredibly flexible. <laughs> Thank you, Alina. She puts on her yoga moves and yeah, OK. Um, whoop, that might be controversial. I better not say that. Um, good following Dawson's feed. Um, so. What do you do if you have a table, because my grandparents... uh, How many of your grandpa and grandma are still alive? Raise your hand. That's good, eh? That's good. You know, it's it's very special to have grandparents that are still alive. And my grandparents uh, were alive up until the time I was an adult. But they had this little house in Edmonton. And this little house had a table that was kind of like that. And the problem was is with Grandma and Grandpa, we're home alone. It was okay. But when we visited with them, we had to cramp people in with chairs. But then when my uncle would show up, he had three, four kids. And then my other uncle would show up, and he had three or four kids. And then my other uncle would show up, and he had three or four kids. And uh, by the time we were done, there was like 25 people crammed around the table. That was amazing. But... How did we do it? Can tables grow? No. Yeah? yeah. yeah. How? how? How can tables grow? Tell me. I have a table that is there are other pieces that you can and yeah. add. That's it. Did it. Does it look something like, like this one? Is it kind of like that? Is it kind of? Yeah. Oval, yes, I saw, I saw some of those too. Yeah, my grandma and grandpa, they had like three or four leaves that they could stick in the table. And not, no kidding, we sometimes had 25 people crammed in this little Edmonton house, one of these little Edmonton houses. And the reason why I'm sharing this story is because... it's interesting. Thank you, it is. What do you think, Judah? How oh, good. Woof. Um, we're doing okay so far then. So, um, as a church, we felt, guys, and and when I say church, I mean all of us, we felt that God said to us this year, we're to expand the table. We're to make the table bigger so there's more room. Guess what? On Christmas Eve, I saw something I haven't seen for years in our church. You know what I saw? I saw people wandering up and down the aisles after we'd started not saying anything about how soon they got there and whether they were on time, but I saw people looking up and down and they couldn't find a seat in our church. I was blown away. I thought, revival, yeah? And that's um, an old word that I'll explain later what it means. Um, but, but we feel like God is saying, practically, emotionally, relationally, spiritually, in every way possible, we're to add a new leaf to the table. Now, one way that God added a new leaf to the table, God made more room, was by sending Jesus. He sent Jesus on a mission. And Jesus had a mission, just like we have a mission. Our mission is very similar to Jesus' mission. What were some of the things that Jesus did on his mission? Do you remember? We read it today in some of our scriptures. Adults can jump in too. What were some of the things that Jesus did on his mission? Can I give you a clue? What's he doing there? And whats he doing? What's he doing to that blind guy? Yeah, I kind of spit and moved. I mean, today he could get sued for that, but yeah, yeah, it's kind of gross. I think, I think it's lawsuit material. Somebody could have made a lot of money. Anyway, let's find another clue. What else did Jesus do? What do, you like? do you like that one, Eleanor? What do you think? He broke some chains. What does that mean? that He broke the chains. What kind of chains? Huh? Metal chains. Yeah. What else? Huh? Chains of sin. Thanks, Tor. To Anybody else? What kind of chains did Jesus break? Huh? Poverty. Good. I like that. Thanks, Mark. Yeah. Let's get that crowd mic going. Here's. This is a little more specific, eh? In a few minutes, Eleanor's going to be sharing about some chains that we want to see broken over some some folks in the world. We're going to be talking about that. What else? Here's another clue. What else was Jesus' mission? What's laying on the road there? A pair of crutches. A pair of crutches. What do you think Jesus did there? Oh. He healed the lame, right? I was thinking, you know, it's been kind of dangerous walking around in Vancouver because of the snow and the ice, I think it might have been dangerous to walk around in Jesus' time because you're always tripping over crutches and beds and wheelchairs. I think that's why finally he said, Listen, guys, if you get healed, take up your bed and walk. Take your bed out of here. Jesus <laughs> is <my crutch>. Yeah. <laughs> what was that, Gordy 2? Gordy one? Jesus is my crutch. Jesus is my crutch. Yes. Thanks, Gordy. All right. What's happening here? You like that story? What is it, Judah? Tell us. One with, she, who's getting healed there? Can you see? A, a girl. Little girl? Yeah. Who, who got healed in the Bible that was a little girl? She was really sick. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know how sick she was? She was, she was dead. How many know if you're sick, you're dead, you're really sick? And Jesus raised her up, didn't he, from the dead? So that was his mission. Get
1: up. No.
0: He told her to get up.
1: Don't worry. He's just sleeping. That's right.
0: He said, "Get a grip, didn't he? Yeah, she's just asleep. So true. What else did Jesus do for us? He died on the cross. That's right. Now, I want to ask you guys a question. What is the first thing that Jesus did before he did any of those great, wonderful things, before he healed the sick, before he Praise raised the dead, before he opened a blind eye, there was something he did, first of all, that started his ministry.
1: Praised God.
0: Praised God. Eleanor? He was born.
1: He
2: was born. He, was, he died. No, no, well,
0: Before he died. Very first thing, very first thing before he did any miracles. What was the first thing that started his miracles? Sally. He got baptized. baptized. That's right. Before Jesus could do any miracle, can you believe this? Because he was God. Before Jesus could do any miracle, he had to first of all receive what? Receive power. Power. And how did that power come? Do you remember? To,
1: pray.
0: to prayer. yes. Who gave him the power? Do you remember? God. Specifically, which person of God gave Jesus the, the power? God. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. Yeah, he came. Now, I want to show you something. Some of you have seen me do this before, but it's so good. It's worth doing again. I have some God paraphernalia. I'm going to show you. i right. Now my Korean homestay students call me a mad scientist because often after often after uh, I've cooked a meal, the kitchen looks like an explosion took place. So I'll try not to be too much of a mad scientist here.
1: No, do that. Yeah, scientist. Okay. All right.
0: Merrick's really good at being a mad scientist. So what do you see here? Hmm? It's a pipe, but oh, what kind of pipe?
3: Um,
1: a plastic pipe.
0: A plastic pipe, yeah. And, and what do you notice about this pipe?
1: water pipe. Water pipe, yes. A curve. Huh? She said it's a corner pipe.
0: It's a corner pipe, yes. Yeah, so it's a, Or sometimes we call it a... Elbow pipe. Now, the unique thing about an elbow pipe is water can go... Up and down, and it can go sideways. And in our relationship with God, we kind of liken a pipe to this way being our relationship with God and this relationship with people. So I'm going to show you something here. The
1: ball fell on the floor. The Small
3: ball fell right. on the floor.
0: That's all right. That's okay. I don't need it right now. So I want you to see something that happens here. What happens when you pour water in the top? You're make a mess, hmm. What's going to happen?
1: It's going to come out. Yeah, correct. Comes out the side.
0: So I want to show you what happened to Jesus at his baptism, which had a lot to do with water. Water. And water is a symbol of? Water. Life. Water. Good. Repentance. And life. Life. Good. Repentance.
3: Repentance. Buoyancy.
0: Buoyancy? Whatever that means. It's true.
3: And oh yeah.
0: right. when Jesus talked about living water, what was that a symbol of? What do you think?
1: Uh, turn it that way. I want to see it fall out the other way like that. Mm.
0: What what did no, we just say? What did we just say came on Jesus when he was baptized? Do you remember?
1: The Holy, Spirit. Oh, oh.
0: the Holy Spirit. So water is water's a symbol of the Holy Spirit. So here's Jesus. Imagine Jesus. He receives the Holy Spirit, and look what happens. The sick are healed, the dead are raised, and life comes to other people because he's receiving the life of God. The first thing that Jesus had to do before he could ever do any miracle is he had to receive the love of God, the life of God, the presence of the Holy Spirit. So Kathleen's got a little... little what's that? What's that? Yeah, it poured out of him. Now, as Kathleen comes, I want to show you something. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put this little ball here, like this. This is a little sponge ball I have. And what happens now when I pour water over this? It's gonna get wet. Huh? Yeah, what do you notice? It's not coming out of the pipe anymore, is it? So, so in order for us to be able in order for us to be able to give we have to first receive. So that's the first thing I want you to notice. The second thing I want you to notice is when I put the ball here. So the first thing is you can't give what you don't have, right? The second thing is, is when you put the ball here and there's a block there, what what do you notice? The water will go in a little bit but then what happens? It stops. Oh. If it comes out, it's very, very tiny, isn't it? What do you notice? The water is not no. going in anymore, right? Unplug it. So, Unplug it. Yes. In the name of Jesus, come out. <laughs> Woo! No. You just saw a deliverance there. Um, so you'll notice two, two important things. Is number one, number one, in order... For water to come out, water had to come in. You can't give what you don't have. That's why it's so important for us to first receive the love of God if we're going to give the love of God. But secondly, once we receive the love of God and we hear about His love, we need to forgive, we need to give that love, and if we stop giving, it blocks it at the top. So there's this flow of life that comes, receiving and giving so, Kathleen has a little craft for you that kind of illustrates this. And then we'll finish the rest of it. We're almost done. Okay, so
3: we're a little bit crowded here. We need. I'm going to ask Annelise just to help me. I think we'll take all. Uh, I think we've actually done that. Thanks, Danielle, for moving those away. So you're going to have a craft, and it's a symbolic craft. So. If, Have a look at this, and I want to see some hands, including Amy. Amy, let's have a look up here, okay? Make sure you have enough space so you're not going to bump anybody. So, Amy, what do you see? No, you're not going to take it, sweetie. You're not going to eat it. You're just going to look at it and tell me what it is. What is it? Do you think it's a pancake? Marcus, came from all the sand that you've been piling up when you've been working so hard with Kenny in our back garden to build the pergola, which is going to be the structure that keeps us from getting rained on. So uh, my question to everybody, including of course the adults, is how do you change the sand into a green valley? or very beautiful green grass? Is it possible? Put your hand up please, don't yell out. Plant seeds, what kind of seeds, Judah? Many seeds, what kind of many seeds? Should we plant pumpkin seeds to get green grass? Gloria knows. What could we plant? To get grass. Is that a difficult question? Grass Grass seed. Thank you. Oh, adults. That's amazing. (laughs) So, how are we going to change this into a green valley? Do you know what the prophet Isaiah says? Does anybody know? That you can change the desert into a pool. Not a swimming pool, but a pool of water. And how do we get the desert to become a pool of water besides planting the seeds with water. Where does the water come from? In the desert, in the dry place. Thank you very much, Pax. Can you explain it? Rain? Who, put, who said that? Thanks, Judah. Where else could you get the water from? Under the ground. That's amazing, Torah. Because it talks about bubbling streams that come up from underground. And then what did Israel do to make the desert turn into a beautiful garden? Besides, depending on the rain from the sky and the bubbling brooks coming up from underground. Maybe the adults know. Does, what do you do when you have no water? you have to bring irrigation. So they've done a marvelous job of irrigation. So you guys, we're not going to actually bring irrigation into our church, but we're going to give you a craft where you can design a river, the river of water flowing through a green valley. And if you want, you can actually plant a little bit of a... Tree there, Elini. Would you like to do that? Okay. So I'm going to ask Annelise to help me, if, if that's okay. And I Should think we do our action song I think Gordy's going to be four. Yeah. Uh, that might be better. And <laughs> maybe we might have to space out a little bit. Yeah. We might yeah. have to space out just a little bit to make sure you have room. Okay.
0: So I want to have you guys help me. It, we just think it might be a good idea to do this action song before you get your craft. So the song that I want to sing, I want you guys to help me sing. Kim, can you help me scroll just to the next song? So.
3: Yeah, that's good. That's a good idea, Joe. Let's okay. spread out so we have lots of room. We've got the whole front here. So, we don't need to be crowded.
0: So just, I want you guys to help me, first of all, sing a song. Some of you guys might have heard it before. And it just, it just kind of goes like this, Kim's got the words up there if you guys read, for those of you that read, it just goes like this. Some of, you, some of you adults know this song as well, but it just goes like this, there's a river of life flowing out from me, makes me feel so good and so happy, whoops, oh. I sang it wrong. Just a minute. There's a river of life flowing out from me. Gives me goose bumps and makes me jump all over the... No, oops. How does it go again? Oh, yeah. Okay, here we go. Uh, <laughs> all right. Got to get the words right. Now, I don't know all the actions off by heart, but you can make them up. But I do know at the course part, there's, a, there's an action I know that is everybody can do together, and it's called Spring Up, O oh Well. And you can either crouch down and jump up if you're sitting in your seat. You can stand up, but then you go splash, 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 splash. All right. So it goes. Let's just practice for it. Spring up, oh well, splash, 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 splash within my soul. Spring up, oh well, splash, 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 splash. and make me okay. You got it. All right. So if if you think you've got a good improvised action part for the first part, then. Um, Go ahead and show the rest of us and we'll follow you. All right, let's get this guitar going here. Thank you, Stephen. Okay. Y'all ready? How many know this song? Raise your hand. So it, it is, some of you know, not too many know. So it, it's pretty simple. It just goes like this. There's a river of life flowing out Makes the lane to walk and the blind Opens prison doors, sets the captives free. There's a river of life flowing out from spring up, oh well, splash, splash, splash within my soul. Spring up, oh well, and make me whole. Spring up, oh well, and give to me that life abundant. There's a river of life flowing out from me. Makes the lame to walk and the blind to see. Opens prison doors, sets the captives free. There's a river of life flowing out from me. Spring up, O wealth, within my soul. Spring up, O wealth. And make me whole, spring up, oh well. And give to me that life abundantly. Woo! Yeah, give yourself a good hand. Awesome. Thank you so much. I love that. You can sit down again. So we're going to hand out your craft. Yeah, and you can use the
3: whole You can use the whole front. Everybody's going to have a chance to make a valley with a river running through it. Then I'm going to come around and give you some trees. Everyone gets one of these.
0: All right.
3: If you are seated and you have a nice space, you'll get yours. Thank you very much. Thanks, adults.
0: So I'm going to use some pictures from the Jesus Storybook Bible. How many have the Jesus Storybook Bible? Highly recommend it, no matter what age you are. Beautiful, um, does anybody know from the Jesus Storybook Bible who this is? Eleanor! Huh? John, John the Baptist? Yeah, or Dave Titley, some people are saying. <laughs> uh, I love how the Storybook Bible says that John the Baptist put honey on his locusts to help with the t- taste of them. I think that's probably true. Uh, but he did, as Karen Karen talked about this before Christmas do you guys remember? She talked quite a bit about John the Baptist and now John has a significant role I'm going to sit down again here so John had a message what was his message? what did he tell people to do? Yeah, repent for their sins. What was another thing John the Baptist proclaimed? What was his message? He was a promoter, wasn't he? Sophia? He said, get ready for God. Get ready for God to come. That's right. And specifically, who was he preparing the way for? Jesus. He, was pro- he didn't know probably at that time that that's what Jesus' name was going to be, but he, he knew that uh, Jesus was God's messenger, God's Messiah, God's Savior, who, the Lamb of God, we, we sang about a little bit earlier, was coming to the world. And so John said, you've got you to get ready. Just like Queen Elizabeth is coming to Vancouver. They make all kinds of preparations, don't they? John said, get ready, and, and if you feel guilty about your sins, then come and get baptized for the forgiveness of your sins. This being washed in the water is like a symbol of being cleansed of your sins. And so there was an overwhelming response to John's message. And the Jesus Storybook Bible had this picture, and I thought even the referees got saved. Samuel? That's at, too. Don't you think referees get a. It must be tough being a ref. Who goes to a game to watch the refs? Gordy Gibosh, the only one, yes. Yeah, maybe other referees. But you know what? How many at the end of a game say to the ref, good game, ref. Good game. No, the only time they talk to the ref is when it was a bad game, right? When they didn't do what the team wanted or the fans wanted. So thankfully, the Jesus Storybook Bible remembers the refs also could be forgiven. So... Then one Sunday guess who showed up for church with John the Baptist at the Baptist church of John the Baptist. Who showed up? Jesus. Jesus and what did Jesus want? Be baptized. Yeah, and what did John say? No. Are you kidding? Are you kidding? You want me to baptize you? I mean, remember what John was preaching? Why do you think John didn't want Jesus to baptize him? Take a guess.
1: Because
0: he... Judah? Because he needed to be baptized. Good. Yeah, that's exactly right. I think John felt, I need to be washed. I need to be forgiven. I need to be cleansed. But here's... Here's another thought. I, don't, I just thought of this this week. I've never thought of this before. Do you think that maybe John was so um, praising Jesus about how Jesus was going to be that when Jesus came up to be washed, John thought, hey, they're, gonna, they're not going to think as highly of you. Yeah? maybe they're not, they're, they might, This might diminish their view of you if you, if you acknowledge your need to receive if you acknowledge your need to be baptized. It's like me as a preacher. Sometimes I'm in a big rally where thousands of people are, are, are that doesn't happen very often anymore, but thousands of people are responding to the, to the altar call, and I feel like God's calling me, and then I go, wait a minute, if I respond to the altar call, if I come for prayer at the ministry time, people are going to think I'm not arrived yet, I'm not perfect yet. Whoa. Whoa. But you know, that pride in me can stop me from receiving from God. And Jesus came to show us that even though he was sinless as the Son of God, that as human beings, he could do nothing without first receiving the grace of God. As God, Jesus could do anything, but he'd become human. It says in Philippians, he emptied himself of everything that's called God. And he made himself dependent. Who was the first person that Jesus was dependent upon as a human being? Mary. That's right. God, the Father, placed Jesus in Mary. And Jesus, as as God, became dependent on her body just to stay alive. So, uh, some intermediates. Can you, can you help me read? I'd like somebody to help me read the first scripture. This is from Matthew 3. Sophia, you come. Just read it into the mic for our podcast crew.
3: Jesus then appeared, arriving at the Jordan River from Galilee. He wanted John to baptize him. John... Objected. I'm the one who needs to be baptized, not you.
0: Yeah, boy, well, and, and the, the Greek there is really adamant. John was really upset that Jesus would ask him to be baptized. All right, uh, can I get another intermediate to read the next slide, please? Just come to the mic. Thanks, Tor. You got this mic on, Mark? Yeah. You can just leave it in. Just put it down.
1: Jesus insisted, do it. God's work, putting things right, all these centuries is coming together right now on this baptism. So John did it.
0: I love the way Eugene Peterson interprets that. This is from the message. But it's like Jesus was saying, John, you don't, you don't get it right now, but it's the right thing to do. It's the right time to do this. All right, one more. One more intermediate, please. Tom, you want to? Annalise? Go, uh, any other intermediates? Yeah. The moment... Jesus
1: came out up, up out of the ba- baptismal water. The skies opened up and saw God's spirit. It looked like a dove descending and landing up on him. And along with the spirit of voice, this is my son chosen and marked by my love, d- delight of my life.
0: Oh, can you read that last, what the father says to Jesus one more time? Can you read that again? Just that last.
1: This is my son, chosen and marked by my love, delight of my
0: life. Oh my gosh, I love that. This is my son. You know, how many, your, your mom and dad, when you walk in the room, they go, oh, and they come after you and they want to give you a hug and you want to run away. <laughs> Does that ever happen? Yeah. I think Jesus might have felt a little bit like that that day. I think, I think he went, Father, cool it, cool it, Jets. Yeah. Right? God was so delighted. Now let me ask you something. How many sick people had Jesus healed? Huh? How many sick people had Jesus healed already? Zero. How many sermons had Jesus preached already? Zero. Zero. How many churches had Jesus planted? Zero. Zero. So why was God so happy with Jesus? Huh? Because he was his son. And why does God love you? Is it because of all the people you talked to about Jesus this week? Is it about all the good things you did? Why does God love you? Huh? Why does your mommy love you? Because she's your mom. (laughs) Yeah, that's what moms do. Right? That's what dads do. And so the first... God gives us people in our lives. This is Jesus in his baptism and you can see the the dove coming down in the form of the Holy Spirit. Not quite as big as the dove that the Lego Bible had that Karen showed a few weeks ago. But what's the lesson here? That we receive from God primarily in our lives. Are you ready for this? Doesn't sound very spiritual. Through others. The first... Often, the person that God has ordained that you receive through is the person, same person that Jesus first received from through, was Mary, our mothers, our fathers, our parents. How many know God looked very carefully for who he was going to entrust his son to, and he gave Jesus to Mary because he knew Jesus would be loved by Mary and show Jesus what love was. So, love is, what else do we receive from God through others? How about this? Prayer. Did you know that it's, you're being just like Jesus when you ask people to pray for you? You're admitting your need of help, not just directly from God as like some super spiritual sage out in the desert, but you're, you're being human by saying, Could you pray for me? Would you pray for me? I don't care if you've raised 20 dead people from the dead. You still need help. You still need prayer. I need prayer. Some of the greatest failures in the Bible are after a great success. Some of the greatest failures I saw growing up in my Pentecostal upbringing were people that would heal the sick, raise the dead, and then they ended up committing unfaithfulness towards their their spouse or getting involved in alcoholism and addictions because they didn't admit their need of help continually. Another way that we receive from God is through school. I know some of you find that hard to believe. You think it's the devil. But it's true. Our teachers, our parents, they teach us. Um, God teaches us through our school. Our job. Did you know God provides us jobs? Through people. And if you're... If you're an employer, then he provides business through your customers. He provides that. How about this? Encouragement. You know what I notice in our church when people get grumpy and they start not being very loving, and there's kind of a trickle out of the end of their pipe that's not very life-giving anymore? And it's you know what I notice a common denominator? is they are isolated from other people. They're disconnected. They're not in small groups. Or they're not in some form of accountability and being prayed for. So important. They stop coming to church regularly. This is so important. Baptism is another way that we receive, just like Jesus did. When you, How many here have been baptized so far? Raise your hand. If you haven't been, it's okay. But when you get baptized you are admitting that you need the church, the body of Christ. You need your brothers and sisters to become part of the kingdom of God. And finally, this is what we're going to do today in a few minutes, is we receive from God through communion. And again, the most life-giving ways, some people take communion by themselves. I don't think it's scriptural, but I understand sometimes why it happens, especially if you're sitting in jail somewhere or something, I don't know. But... God intended that communion be a communal act. That's why we call it communion. We don't call it isolation. Hey, let's have isolation together. Let's break bread and, and drink the cup and have isolation together. That's not what it's called. It's called communion, where the word community comes from. Right? So these are ways that we receive from God through others. So the lesson from, of Jesus' baptism by coming to John for baptism was his acknowledgment that even as the Son of God, God had ordained him as a human being to receive the life of God through other people. And, and that's an act of humility. So our conclusion today is Jesus model that being human means that we can only give what we've received. Did you hear that? Can you all say that after me? We can only give what we've received. Say it together. We can only give what we've received. Then the second part of that is God has designed that the primary way we receive from him is through others. As we posture ourselves in obedient faith or trust, in humility. Humility is just saying, hey, I I recognize I need help. Can you help me? Um, I'll just be honest. Asking for help is hard for me to do as a pastor. It's hard. But God's been showing me that that's pride that that is pride when I can't ask for help. So I've been trying to be more proactive about that. And vulnerability. What is vulnerability? Well, it's kind of the same thing. It's just, it's just admitting that we need help. So speaking of mission, I've, Eleanor has, uh, she's going to share with us just a little something she wants us to be a part of. She's asking for help. I think she's modeling for us what we've been talking about. She wants the living water of God to flow through her towards our broken world. But she recognizes that as courageous and inspiring as she has been, that she can't do it alone. And so she, uh, she's gonna come and just share a little bit and pray. And is it okay for me to show that? Facebook picture? Yeah, yeah it's okay. Yeah. Facebook picture. Okay. Yeah. So, so some of you have already seen this. Yeah, so uh, just with regards to our child policy, you can take pictures of Eleanor today, but can you tell us who this is, Eleanor? Just, why don't you take a mic here, and I'll I'll get my, I'll get my, can we get that other mic with that, can we get that other one there? Yeah, that's better. No, 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 yeah, just just the whole thing, yeah. This one's kind of tied in there. So Eleanor, I want you to tell us, uh, is it OK if I kind of jump the gun on the, p- the questions? Who- tell us a little bit about this picture. Who's, who's, who are you with there? I know it's your mom, but uh-huh. who's
1: there? So this is my MP, Terry Beach, and I'm in a meeting with him with my mom but, and my dad, but you can't see him in the picture. And um, we're talking about the Nigerian girls.
0: OK. So what's your name?
1: My name is Eleanor okay. Pallister.
0: What are you here to talk about?
1: The Nigerian girls.
0: The Nigerian girls and who are they?
1: Well, the Nigerian girls are a group of girls from Kibok, Nigeria, and um, uh huh. And um, they were kidnapped.
0: And who are who were the kidnappers? And just tell us a little bit about the kidnapping.
1: Um. The kidnappers were the Boko Haram, and Boko Haram means um, and Boko Haram means Western education is sinful. And about two hundred girls wait two hundred seventy how many numbers where does numbers it say here,
2: see.
1: oh um, two hundred seventy six girls were kidnapped from a school. They weren't all from the school. Some of them were coming from different schools to take an exam. But they came, and the school and the military had four hours' notice, and everybody knew that the Boko Haram were coming and kidnapping the girls. The girls couldn't do anything. The teachers ran away and left. And they were kidnapped by the Boko Haram about almost three years ago. In fact, today, is the 1,000th day since they've been kidnapped, and they've been kidnapped for 1,000 days. And yeah.
0: So what has happened since then uh, in terms of, have any been freed or anything like that?
1: Well, 81 are now free. And um, a few of them have, have had babies about three, four, three to four. And um, there had been a negotiation with Switzerland and the Red Cross. They joined up and they helped um, get 21, I think, 21 girls um, in October. Mm -hmm. They did a negotiation to get 21 girls out of the Boko Haram. Um, Six of them had died, I think.
0: So how many are still captive?
1: Um, one. Some people say, some news reports say 195, some say 197. If you want you could just tell people 196 because I usually go in between the numbers But stuff. Mm-hmm.
0: So uh, Eleanor, how did you find out about this? Well, how do you know about it and why do you want to help?
1: Well my moika told me my Moika is um German Switzer? What is it? She is my godmother, Moika. She told us about the Nigerian girls and we went out onto a bridge, I think, and we would go every Tuesday morning and we would wear these shirts and we would hold ooh, we would hold red flowers and we would have a big sign. And we would get people to honk their horns to raise awareness and stuff. And we would do that for a while, and we did that for a while. But then we had to stop because of school, and we had school on Tuesdays and stuff. And it was hard for our family.
0: But, yeah. So, Eleanor, what, would you, what do you want us to do today?
1: Well, I was wondering if everybody could please take out their phones or do you have an iPod, a phone or something like that. Anything which you can take a photo with and, put and post it on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, any of those or even more, I don't know. And please take a picture of me holding this sign and use the hashtag, bring back our girls and or 1000 days.
2: So one of the things that Eleanor has been talking about with our MP is whether or not the awareness is still helpful for the girls, because even the girls who have been freed are still under protection. But at this point in time, our understanding is that awareness is helping more than it's hurting. But it's something that is a big part of the conversation that we're having right now, is how how it's helpful. So we believe that it's keeping them alive and making them valuable to the their captors, but the fact that they're valuable to their captors, it's its very complicated. So at this point, we're proceeding with the people who are the leaders of this movement in Nigeria. They're still trying to erase, raise, raise as much awareness as possible. And for us, our passion is for girls to have education.
0: So can you all see that okay? Do you need help? And... Um, Just
1: one thing, the reason why I'm wearing red and the sign is all red is because um, the Chibok, the Chibok mothers would um, wear red um, and all the girls were taken and the red was sort of a symbol, like the mothers miss their girls and stuff like that.
2: Okay. All right. Can so you all see
0: that? Okay. Do you need help?
2: Do you want to? Let's move this. So use your social media hashtags, please. Hashtag bring back our girls. Hashtag one thousand days. So. Yeah. Or you can retweet our photo, if you are friends with us on social media. Yes.
0: So Eleanor's going to pray. Yeah.
1: Dear Lord Jesus, please help the Nigerian girls for safety and love and freedom. Even though girls got Even though 21 girls got to go home for Christmas, they still are being kept in a safe house. Please let them still be happy because they've been through so much depression and so many sad things. Let them be happy and have joy. And please bless them and keep them safe and all the other ones. And please just let them have hope that everything will be okay. Amen. Amen
0: awesome job, thank you, (laughs) so beautiful, hi, how are you,
2: (laughs) thank you, happy new year,
0: (laughs) awesome, so um, this is nice and messy, this is what family is all about, good messy, Um, so we're going to have communion, and uh, i'm going to invite rick and uh uh will to come they're going to be serving us today and rick does it work to to serve into the audience again would that be okay today yeah come on up friend so yeah you can keep your your uh, rivers of living water flowing through the desert good job some of those look absolutely amazing
3: If you want to take them home and give them as a gift to someone or share them, that's awesome. If you want to put some on the back table so we can have that as a remembrance that the river of God can flow through our lives. And maybe uh, we can just ask you now to pick up your plate and go back into your seat so we have room for Rick
2: because we don't want
3: to have Rick tripping over anybody. Okay, thanks very much. Good job, everybody.
0: Yeah, so just go back to your mom and dad, and we're going to bless and pray over the communion and bring it to you. Can I let
1: people know I have a bunch of books to give
0: away at the back? Sure. Like later?
1: Can do it later? Okay. Yeah, sure.
0: Yeah, in case I forget, Sally just mentioned she has some free books to give away at the back. So she mentioned that, I think, on our Facebook So, I would like you to all take very seriously the, the invitation of the Lord today about posturing yourself to receiving from Him through others this year. What does that mean for you? What are uh, next steps for you in your life? Um, I think just going back here, I want to just uh, one way I worded there's some more questions in your bulletin but what is one step you can take towards receiving God's love in this new year so that you can give it away so what, what are ways that you can posture yourself is, is it getting uh, people to pray for you more intentionally um, I remember the years that Dixie was here as, as part of our church and I knew that I had a soldier. I had a sentry. I had a, a guard, someone who was on guard for me, for my family, for the church. And um, since she, I really missed her when she left, but others have stepped up in that legacy and are on guard for, for me and for our church. And it, it means so much. I've seen the power of the prayer for our Montessori project that's going on, and just how God has just answered prayer over and over and over with the biggest challenges. So maybe it's positioning yourself more intentionally to receive prayer. It's interesting how Paul constantly was crying out for prayer for people to be praying for him. It might be becoming part of a small group, uh, we have a pretty good percentage in our church that are involved in small groups. But I often see people fall through the cracks who are not connected in that way. And when I say fall through the cracks, I mean spiritually, emotionally, physically, financially, just different ways where, where they're just not getting that. that. And, and it's humbling. And it's hard. Small groups are hard. Kids, you have your small group in Sunday school class. That qualifies. I mean, there's other ways we can have it through the week. But I think that's very, very important if we're going to expand the table, is, is uh, uh, being accountable and known in small groups. So just ask the Lord, just what is one step you can take towards that in this, this coming year? So let's bless. Do you have uh, anything you want to share, Rick? Nope. You're all good? Just be, just be careful with the uh, breakable stuff in passing it. Okay. So my understanding is they're going to receive it at the aisle and pass it? Yeah. So you don't have to say it exactly like this, but as you pass these to the person next to you, you might want to say something like, um, the body of, of Jesus given for you because he loves you, or something like that. The blood of Christ shared for you. Yeah, I like the phrase, because he loves you. It's about love. And so however you say it, let that person know that they're loved by God today. So the Bible says that the Lord Jesus, the same night which he was betrayed, took bread. And he broke it. And he said, take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And after he'd finished supper, he took the cup. And he said, this cup is a new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you. Do this in memory of me. Remember me. Remember me. Remember me. Remember me. It's an act of love to remember what he did. It's a way that we receive when we remember what he did. So Lord, we bless this bread and we bless this cup. Receive his love and life in Jesus' name. Amen.